0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Our Old Testament reading this morning picks up from where we left the book of the Exodus last Sunday night, the moment when the 70 elders were on the holy mountain and beheld God and ate and drank. And today, Moses goes up the mountain again and receives the tablets of the law in due course. Second reading from 2 Peter records what we also heard in the Gospel the transfiguration of Jesus on another holy mountain, Mount Tabor, in the presence of his friends Peter, James, and John. And there they see Moses and Elijah, who are Jewish shorthand for the law and the prophets. Moses and Elijah bearing witness that they, like the seventy, Peter, James, and John are in the divine presence, the presence of the beloved Son whose identity was announced at his baptism and is now confirmed by the company he keeps. We don't spend so much time with the patriarchs and Moses and the prophets, but for the Jews of Jesus' time, these were familiar people, personalities they felt they knew well, their heroes, even, people who walked with God. So the first hearers of the Transfiguration story and it clearly made a great impression to turn up again in an epistle. Most events in the Gospels are not repeated in that way. The first hearers would immediately have made all of the connections between this story of Jesus and both Moses and Elijah's experiences of God on a mountaintop where each had a life-changing encounter with God's presence, as did Abraham too, an experience of illumination. Each of them was then called by God to fulfill a special task and to descend from the mountain with the strength to see it through. Matthew, who is the most overtly Jewish of the gospel writers, is especially interested in the parallel with Moses on the mountain, In his gospel, Jesus is treated as the new Moses, the fulfillment of the law, the light that illuminates the darkest night. Earlier in his gospel, the Sermon on the Mount, in which the Beatitudes are proclaimed, is Matthew's reformulation of the giving of the law, now delivered by Jesus, God's own Son, again on a mountain, in person, rather than as texts on tablets. If we make the comparison, Moses goes up the mountain alone. Jesus takes companions with him who share in the experience and witness to it. The face of God is hidden from Moses, whereas on Mount Tabor, Jesus receives an explicit proclamation of God's love, and we are told to listen to him. While Moses' face shines, as we heard at morning prayer, Jesus' whole body is transfigured with light. Moses descends to enforce the law. Jesus comes down to die that we might live. The church gives us this story of Jesus' transfiguration today to put our approaching observance of Lent in context. It's a signal to listen and to look carefully before we act or speak in Christian living. And Peter's reaction is a warning to us. Some kindly commentators go to great lengths to suggest that Peter's idea of throwing together some temporary accommodation on the mountain for Moses, Elijah and Jesus is sensible. It isn't. He is wittering. The compulsion to speak is powerful in some of us. Many made this way are drawn to professions where they can talk to their heart's content. They become teachers, MPs or barristers, or they get ordained, don't they? If Peter was the first clergyman, no sillier an idea than saying he was the first pope, it is not surprising, is it, that he felt obliged to say a few words. As a caricature, Church of England bishop is supposed to have advised an eager ordinand, always remember, dear boy, if you have nothing to say, say it anyway. (laughs) Say it anyway. Peter is wittering in the face of the ineffable. St. Luke's version of this story adds tellingly at this point, he did not know what he said never being at a loss for words, is in fact not an asset in responding to God. When we speak of God, our words invariably mislead. It's reported that on St. Nicholas Day 1273 in a church in Naples, the Dominican friar Thomas Aquinas said mass as usual before beginning a day of lecturing and writing. During Mass that day, something happened to him. He experienced an overpowering mystical vision. And straight afterwards, he ceased writing his great work, the Summa Theologiae, and said, All that I have written appears to be so much straw after the things that have been revealed to me. He went into silence. The command of God's voice on the mountain, as you heard, is listen to him. And in the Bible, to listen is to obey. Immediately after this mountaintop experience, Jesus, Peter, James and John are confronted with a disabled boy whom Jesus simply heals. A practical testimony rather than a sermon is required then. The only reason that we deny ourselves anything or commit ourselves to actions of service in the 40 days of Lent is surely to listen more carefully to God. The coming season is intended to help us sort out what really matters, to cast light into the dark places of our lives and to focus on the primary relationship that gives meaning and purpose for this world and the next. The God of Mount Tabor is not really interested in us fulfilling the letter of a legal code in isolation. He wants us to have hearts that listen to the gospel of love so that we can gain power to transform the world through the generosity and sometimes the sacrifices of our daily lives. The gospel is local, personal and particular. Each of us has the ability to advance it in the smallest of our actions, or not. And on that personal, local and particular scale, Sunday Mass is meant to be a weekly mountaintop experience for us, where we hear God call us by name and communicate his love for us as his beloved children, where we are nourished and re-energized For the commission we received at our baptism to bear his light to the world. Anything that we can do this Lent that helps us to remove whatever gets in the way of our generous response to his love must be worth the effort. In the March Parish paper I've offered some reminders and they're just reminders rather than anything startlingly new about how to keep Lent, to observe it, to listen to God. Reminders about prayer and devotion, also some books you might find helpful if books help you. The parish paper is available for purchase today and will be on the website tomorrow so I'll leave you to pick up those suggestions or not as seems good to you but most obviously do try to be here or in church somewhere for Mass on Ash Wednesday to make a good start on your preparation for Holy Week and Easter. Try to join us for Stations of the Cross or make the devotion yourself in another church or even by yourself at home this Friday and on the other Fridays of the season. But above all, here in the Mass is God's beloved Son coming to meet you in word and sacrament. Listen to him.